My name's Neil Dudman. And my name's Dave Kite, and you're listening to the Nursery Business Podcast. Did you hear me? Yeah, yeah, my, it's recording now. Zoom on the phone, I don't know how, I'm not, really it's hard. <laughs> oh, it's, okay. Um, it's all hidden and you've got to press things which are not on the screen. My wife hates that. Oh, uh, okay. Can't see, yeah. So you saw a post um, the other day. Talk me through it. Uh, yeah, I saw a post in the Dana Siona's Facebook group of somebody who was looking to take a step back and recruit a manager to run the nursery for her. And, and I thought that was a really good discussion point to, uh, to add on to the podcast. Yeah, I must confess, I am really rubbish at running businesses. <laughs> I'm really good at I'm, I'm really good at starting them, but I get bored too easily. And so, over the last twenty or thirty years, basically, I've created a business with residual income, generally, that um, has allowed me to be paid while I started another business. So a while back, I had a I started off with like a credit checking business, and from that, you know, we had to market that credit checking business. And at the time, fax broadcasting was was really the hot the hot area. So we developed our own in-house fax broadcasting system and I was using that to sell the credit checking business. And then it got, you know, one of our customers turned around and said, can you do some for us? And, you know, and that wasn't like marketing. That was genuine. They could see the success that we were happening. So we picked up two or three customers and I got it bigger and bigger. And in the end, I could actually develop a quarter of a million faxes in the morning. I was one of those um, fax spammers. Like, I remember the day. I remember the day. It was brilliant because somebody else paid for our marketing costs. It was really, <laughs> it was really effective. It's just that if you didn't want those faxes, but we were one of the good guys. If you if you phoned us up and said please stop, we would stop. And eventually, so many people stopped that we had nobody else to fax because we actually took you off our lists. But um, the point was, <clears throat> when I was in, I, I was in Scotland one year with my son who was an ice hockey player and we were in Dumfries and I was watching him and my brother phoned me and at the time we had three businesses we had a the marketing business we had the credit checking business we had a horse training business and I hate horses so I had these three businesses and there was a book that came out by Tim Ferriss it's called the the four hour work week and I thought this was the most it's a good book it's a very good book yeah, but then I, I, I was really impressed by this. And I thought, I need to implement them. And then when I looked at myself, I said, hang on a sec, you've got a four-hour work month. What are you talking about? So at the time, I, I, I was never working in the businesses. I was always working to build new businesses. And that was my job. You know, I got paid from the businesses we set up. And so there's, um, there's, there's like a criteria. It's just like a chicken and, the, and an egg. And I, I bet a lot of people that are sat there with their businesses to turning over working away and they're thinking well when i get my next business i'll recruit a manager mm, yeah wrong way around i think i think it's the egg first you've um got a so so basically you need to free up your time you need to i think nigel bottle says get out of the weeds get out of the day-to-day stuff and focus on building the business and the only way you can do that is to get yourself some time so um, you don't run any of yours, do you? Not completely hands-on, no. 
no and i think i think the key is obviously to recruit the right people and to get them to do all the bits and bobs that you probably don't want to do and perhaps aren't most skilled at you know we've been working together for a number of years now and just a caveat on your four hour work week or your four hour work day i think you're probably working more now than you probably ever have done for a number of years are you not yeah bad business (laughs) very bad business but but you know uh, we work quite closely together and you know my what my biggest downfalls are and that's attention to detail and crossing the t's and dotting the i's i'm not one for that i'm more of the, the turning, up on time. <laughs> turning up on time yeah i think the only thing you turn up on time for is airplanes absolutely holidays but um i'm i'm not one for that daily grind of the same of the same stuff i get i get very bored very easily so i like to to think of what we're going to do. I like to come up with the ideas, the thought process and the planning, and then talk it through with a, with one person or a team of people and then, then get them to do the nitty gritty stuff that I have no interest in. And they will do a much, much, much better job than I will do. And yeah, and I, so this comes down to the definition of uh, a difference between a job and a business. And we want to encourage people to be business owners not have a a job yeah i think i think there's a massive difference between the two and i think a lot of people come into the nursing sector through through the channels of promotion to eventually own their own nursery or open up a setting one day and they haven't perhaps thought through how the next one two three five years are going to pan out and what they want from their life so the one thing that we've been doing the last few weeks with our mastermind clients is to get them to do a, a picture of what their ideal life would be this time next year. So they have something to work to. And in a lot of those cases, it's more time out of the business, more time with family, holidaying, creating assets, creating wealth. And as you and I both know, it, it's, not the, it's not the nurseries that will make you rich, to use a word. It's, it's what you do with the profits from that business, i.e. the nursery, which will make you rich and comfortable. But one of the biggest problems that I think people were coming up against was who to hand over the reins to, how to choose the right person and what to give them and how to give them it. It, was, it, it comes up time and time again, how to find the right person. Or on the other hand, you, you, you might have some really talented um, staff in your own nursery that, that, that are itching to, to, to get um, higher up the chain. And with those, it, it's a good idea to give them a, a freedom to, to do stuff bit by bit. Because most of you, I would hope, go on holiday at some stage and you come back and the nursery is perfectly fine when you get back. Nothing's happened. And so it's a confidence thing, really, isn't it? So with your existing staff, get out of the nursery for 30 minutes for an hour and then get out and, you know, we had one mastermind member who's been with us for a long time. The first time she came to mastermind hadn't been out of her nursery apart from Christmas for like two and a half years. She was (laughs) definitely. And, And now I think she's got five nurseries and you can't stay in the nursery when you've got five nurseries. And that wouldn't have been possible 
until she came away from the individual nursery and started trusting her staff. Yeah, I think it's it's gone the the other side of the coin for that person now. They they understand that in order to grow their their business or their empire, they can't get involved with the with the nitty gritty, with the minute stuff that happens on a daily basis. They they have to keep thinking bigger picture because at the end of the day, this is why you have managers for this is why you have deputy managers for this is why you have room seniors and you know there there was a stage where this person was micromanaging an apprentice for argument's sake and that's just a complete waste of her time so she's taken a complete step back and hired the right people in the right places it's cost her maybe 50 60,000 pounds a year in increased wages on the on the wage bill but it, because she's done that she now has her eight weeks abroad every year in a normal year and she goes to the nurseries once or twice a week rather than 10 hours every day so and when she's not on site at the nurseries she's thinking about how we're going to grow she's looking at new opportunities she's even looking at businesses away from this from the sector now so it's it's quite interesting how things steamroller on when you pull yourself away from the daily grind yeah in fact i think she's got a training company as well so you know again like i my my businesses were completely diverse you know so a credit checking business a marketing business and a horse training business they're not very connected but the one thing that was in common was that they all needed customers so i got good at getting the customers <laughs> And that led to new businesses. And so, you know, it could be that you, you want to do something different, that, you know, the, the, the nursery business is there to provide you the income with you set up your tea room or your training business or your Montessori training school or your curiosity approach. Or, you know, we've seen a lot of people develop businesses that are outside of the nursery sector simply because they had the time and and were paid by the nursery to get you know so once you've developed the time what do you want to do now do you want to grow the, do you want to grow more nurseries do you want to do something completely different do you want to develop a software company all these or service company all these opportunities are open to you when you realize that you don't actually have to be stuck in the nursery all the time so how do you choose that person how do you find them how do you then nurture them to to run the business how you would like it to be run and how do you put your trust in them completely to make sure they're doing a good job what what fail safes should you put in place well there's a really good book by michael gerber called the e-myth which is brilliant and basically what they say is you should run your nursery as a franchise prototype as a, as a nursery version of mcdonald's now, when you when you buy a McDonald's, uh, you get a book and it tells you how much salt to put on the chips and where, you know, do you want fries with that? The, the upsell, do you want to go large? Another upsell. So if you look at what um, McDonald's did, it, there is, every McDonald's is the same. Every McDonald's is the same. But what you want to do is that you have a, a way of running a business, you, you, your nursery, you have your philosophy, you have your underpinning uh, philosophies. Well, that needs to be written down. And because the thing is, you're going to be getting new staff in all the time. 
And if you share your vision that you don't actually physically have to say, so you may, might record it on video what your philosophy is, then you can sh every new person that comes in, you can share them the videos, a set of videos, which you can just record on your phone. So, you know, just say, here's how we do this. Just record it on your phone. And you can then either take that and get it transcribed and put it into a book, or you can have a collection of videos which people watch. But what you have to do is to template how you do stuff and train your manager to be a virtual you because then they can impart your philosophy on the staff without you getting involved. So that's how I would start. Yeah, there, there has to be a really good process of spending time with the person that you're looking to install as your number number two, I'm guessing, or 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 the, the person that becomes the most important person in the organization. I don't class myself as the most important person. So I think you need to throw your ego out the window and understand that somebody else will be the face or the lifeblood of your company if you do want to take that step back. And you, you just have to spend time with that person and it can take six months or a year. You, you have to get on the same wavelength of what, what each other are thinking and you find that common, that common ground where you so, so I'll ask you a question how many childcare qualifications have you got i have got the vast amount of zero childcare <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah exactly so do you know and, and the same with me with my horse training i hated horses and to some extent the less that you love the business the more you can detach yourself from the business you know if you stop there so if you were uh, a small nursery owner now, what would you do to get yourself out of the nursery for a bit? I think it really depends how much of a micromanager you are. I think you have to start off by perhaps having one day working from home or working remotely somewhere else and only get your your people to call you either at say 11 o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the afternoon or even at six o'clock in the evening to just give you feedback on the day and get them into the process of not bombarding you with calls and emails constantly throughout the day. It's not productive for you and it's not productive for them either. So you've just reminded me of one mastermind member who used to get frequent phone calls during our mastermind meetings. Do you remember that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> the most and she, every 20 minutes, the phone was going off. And it's like, guys, what's what going are you doing? on here? <laughs> what are you doing? Focus. And, um, <laughs> You're paying all this money to come and spend uh, the day with you and I and other nursery owners in a, in a hotel room to, to change what you do and to move your business forward and to gain ideas from other people and to offer, offer help. And yet you're constantly got your head in your phone dealing with crap that can probably wait till lunchtime or in the evening. And were those calls, crucial calls? I think we went through and we said, right, what are you doing? How, what have you been talking about? And she reeled off the list of things that had 
been discussed and none of them were either urgent nor important at, for that time. So there is several things. I think it's a really good idea. Well, as you said, take, a, take Friday off. And when you get really comfortable, take Friday off for yourself. You can start off by now by working on Fridays, but aim for Friday becoming a work-free zone. We've got a friend who wrote a book that says, I don't work Fridays. Yeah, but, it's a really um, good book, actually. Uh, Martin <laughs> Norbury. Martin right, Norbury, yeah. I don't work Fridays. It, it's a really good book. And yeah, I'm quite happy not to work Fridays or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, <laughs> actually, in all fairness. But, but you know, yeah. you and I are very maybe luck's the wrong word or it's what we've created but we can we can pick and choose can't we so if we choose to work 10 hours a day we can do and and we enjoy it but if we don't want to or there's other something else going on then we simply don't and we sort of don't make any excuses for that do we really because it's it's what we've created yeah so alongside getting out of the nursery one of the things that you should be looking to do is to organize the way that your staff talk to you so don't be available all the time you know only be available at certain times and also start concentrating and, and talking to the upper management only so the deputies and the managers it's their job to talk to the staff it's not necessarily your job to so it's all about organizing your habits and your accessibility. And that's going to be a tough one. I can remember we came back from, we, we had a business, a credit checking business in Cardiff that we just bought. And my brother turned around to me and I said, you, he, he said to me, you don't know the names of half the people in that office, do you? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, that's terrible. I said, no, it's not. I said, well, we've got 75 employees and it's not my job to talk to them. It's the manager's job to talk to them. And he said, oh, that's terrible. And I said, do you think Bill Gates knows all the names <laughs> of the 10,000 employees? And he went, huh, okay, I get it. So if you imagine that, you, I worked for Inmarsat in London, the International Maritime Satellite Organization. And there was the chief executive, there was um, a guy called Lundberg. The first time I even saw him was when I attended his farewell leaving party. I had never even seen him, let alone spoken to him. So now is the time to start changing the way you think about your business and protect your time a bit. Anything you want to add to that? What I would add is don't feel guilty, but exactly. you will. You will feel yeah. it's you. you. You will feel that you're abandoning people, the people that you would speak to on a daily or weekly basis. You won't speak to them anymore, purely because you're putting another person yeah. in between you, someone to hold the umbrella. So the idea that this person catches all the raindrops that falls on the managing director and they then siphon off the water. Um, and just just don't feel the guilt of why you're doing whatever you're doing with your time that other people are working because Re you're... realize I, I absolutely absolutely you will feel guilty realize that it's now time to do a slightly different job and that slightly different job means that you spend less time talking to practitioners that's the way it is it's your job yes. new job new normal yeah we 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 wouldn't be the company we are now with without a myself taking a step back and growing the business and looking at ways of 
borrowing money and that sort of thing. And we also wouldn't be in the same position if I hadn't handed over the running of the of the daily grind to people much better skilled at it than I am. So we we each do our bits, but it's a, it's a very very different bit, and we all make a team. But we 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 each have our certain bit that we look look after, and we push the company forward. So new normal, new job, new new philosophy. Uh, get rid of the guilt and start getting out of the nursery. I think that's a good time to end. I think that's a very good time to end. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this podcast today. It's been it's yeah. been very good, and it, it's made me think of of all the things that we have put in place over the years that that maybe we should give ourselves a pat on the back for and not be so hard on ourselves. Yeah, I need a new job. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need another job. You're you're doing more hours than you probably want to do anyway. Yeah, different job. Okay, but talk soon. But the, but the question I would ask you is: Do you enjoy what you do whenever you do it? I think my mum said said that I I'm paid to play, so I never have to, to do a day's so I never have to do a day's work in my life. Yeah, find it find a job that you love, and you never have to work again. Exactly. With that, bye from me, and it's goodbye from you. Talk soon. Thank you for listening. If there are any topics from today's episode of the Nursery Business Podcast and you want to find out more or ask questions or have suggestions, email podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk. Take care, guys.